Welcome to Hawaii Real Estate, a podcast produced by the Hawaii Association of Realtors. Here we discuss issues surrounding the buying, selling, leasing, and managing of Hawaii property. Our podcast airs the first Wednesday of each month. Each episode includes the latest economic, financial, and real estate data for Hawaii, and we don't waste your time. Our Hawaii Real Data Report reveals the trends behind the data and describes, in plain terms, the direction of Hawaii's real estate market. Each episode of our podcast also includes an essay on a current issue affecting Hawaii real estate transactions. These focus pieces provide special insight into Hawaii real property transactions that you can only get from Hawaii's only state-level organization of realtors. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Our focus piece for this episode discusses how sea level rise will affect Hawaii property sales. But first, our Hawaii Real Data Report. Inflation is easing. But later this month, the Federal Reserve is likely to raise interest rates. The Fed raises interest rates to combat unacceptably high inflation. Its preferred measure of inflation is the annual change in the price index for personal consumption expenditures. And a 2% rise in annual inflation is the goal. The last price index for personal consumption expenditures, the report released last Thursday, February 24th, showed inflation rising marginally pace of the Fed's target. Because this is the last report the Fed's Open Market Committee will see before it meets this March 21st and 22nd, we can expect the Fed to raise the target range for interest rates later this month by a quarter point, to four and three quarters to 5%. Mortgage rates, of course, are the reason we care about the Fed's target interest rates. Low interest rates pull down the mortgage rates, and high interest rates propel mortgage rates. But there's a lag. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage average in the United States, for instance, was actually lower the two weeks after the Fed's last target interest rate hike. The average interest rate on the 30-year note did not begin to show in the weekly averages until the third week after the Fed raised the target interest rate range. Likewise, but to a lesser extent, the 15-year fixed-rate mortgage weekly average was actually lower the week the Fed announced a higher target range for interest rates. So though the interest rates are likely to raise later this month, buyers likely won't see a rise in mortgage rates until the end of March or beginning of April. Until then, the average rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is, as of last report, 6.5%, and the average rate for a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage is, again, as of last report, 5.76%. If the Fed raises interest rates on March 22nd, as we expect, buyers should see marginally higher weekly averages for a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage beginning around March 30th and an even smaller increase in the weekly average for the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage beginning around April 6th. Higher mortgage rates can make selling and buying homes more difficult, but try to keep the expected mortgage rate increase in perspective. The weekly average for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage over the past 30 years is about 5.5%, and the weekly average for a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage over that same period is about 5%. The mortgage rate averages reported this week are less than a point higher than those historical norms. Yes, thanks to the Fed, mortgage rates are likely to rise at the end of March, beginning of April. But the elevator rates will likely remain within reach of their historical norms, and buyers will still have access to purchase funds at reasonable rates. For years, the average listing price for a home in Hawaii ranged from $1.2 million to $1.3 million. Prices began rising out of that range in December 2020, and then in January 2022, they spiked at $1.7 million. Rising interest rates tend to depress average listing prices, but average listing prices in Hawaii remain largely resilient. The average listing price for a home in Hawaii last month was $1.6 million. The median listing price for all homes in Hawaii also remains historically high, 
median listing price for a home in Hawaii reached its zenith in July 2022 at $880,000. Like the average listing price, which remains largely resilient to interest rate hikes, the median listing price remains strong. The median listing price for a home in Hawaii last month was $855,000, down from its all-time high by only $25,000. But not all recent listing price data is rosy. A particular concern are the year-over-year price reductions and price increases. Compared to the past five years, last month's year-over-year price reductions were up 115.52% and price increases down 57.89%. Listing prices might be trending up, but the change in listing prices is trending down. The conflicting indicators could be a sign of a confused market or market that's about to turn. If you're having difficulty getting new listings, you're not alone. Active listings in Hawaii peaked in February 2019 at 6,263, but then nosedived in April 2022, bottoming out at 2,313. Fortunately, the active listing count is quickly rebounding. Last month, there were 3,650 active listings in the state, which represented a year-over-year increase of 52.53%, the largest year-over-year increase in active listings over the last five years. The listing count rebound is not complete, however, as the average listings in January over the past five years were 20% higher. Although the total number of properties for sale is down, the time it takes to sell a property is close to returning to its historical norm. Homes that closed last month spent a median 75 days on the market, which is only eight days longer than the recent historical norm. For those property managers out there, know that in the coming weeks, we'll be able to report Hawaii's rental vacancy rate. The state's rental vacancy rate has steadily declined since 2016, and we expect the new numbers to show that trend continuing due to a coinciding slowdown in building new private housing. Our focus piece for this episode asks, how will sea level rise affect Hawaii property sales? Hawaii has already enacted legislation requiring sellers of residential real property to disclose whether their property lies within a sea level rise exposure area, but there is no legislation to help mitigate their loss no legislation to adapt their shorelines, and no legislation to sponsor their retreat. Our government doesn't even encourage inland development. If we do nothing to help mitigate sea level rise loss, to adapt our shorelines, to help manage a retreat inland, or to encourage inland development, what will be the cost? How will sea level rise affect Hawaii property sales? Our investigation into how sea level rise will affect Hawaii property sales begins in an unlikely place. More than 100 miles from the nearest ocean and more than 100 years before the first published paper on climate change sits a Kentucky coal mine. Descending down deep into that mine, we see miners toiling. Sitting beside one of those miners is a canary brought there by the miner to alert him and his fellow miners to growing carbon monoxide levels. Carbon monoxide can be deadly to both the canary and to the miners, but the canary is particularly susceptible. So, if carbon monoxide in the mine rises, the canary should be the first to fall. The miners labor for hours. Carbon monoxide in the mine builds. The canary drops dead. Immediately, the miners recognize the fallen canary for what it is, an omen of their own demise. And so the miners run. The miners and their canary face the same threat, suffocating carbon monoxide. Because the canary was particularly susceptible to that threat, however, the coal miners received the warning they needed to escape. 
Where is our canary? Sea level rise threatens property values across the several coastal states, but susceptibility varies. The effect of sea level rise will be felt in some states before others. Those states, the states that are particularly susceptible to sea level rise, are canaries. Sea level rise is already affecting their property sales. We can look to them to see how sea level rise will affect Hawaii property sales. First among the Canary states is Florida. As a largely flat coastal state, Florida is especially susceptible to sea level rise. The state's highest natural elevation is the domineering Britain Hill, which projects its strength from its mighty 345-foot summit. Much of the rest of the state, however, sits at an elevation below 12 feet. Easy pickings for a rising sea. During the pre-dawn hours of August 24, 1992, Hurricane Andrew made landfall in South Florida. Andrew was a Category 5 hurricane with sustained winds of 165 miles per hour. The destruction it caused was immense. 49,000 homes were lost. Total inflationary adjusted damages exceeded $53 billion. The widespread carnage led to the filing of an unprecedented number of insurance claims. Those claims sent the industry reeling. Many insurers closed their doors. Others left the state. The tentative few that remained openly questioned whether Florida had become too risky or expensive to insure. Without insurance, mortgages would not issue, and Florida's coastal real estate market would collapse. Florida lawmakers recognized the existential threat and moved swiftly to buttress the state's flagging insurance industry and save the state's coastal real estate market. The lawmakers created Citizens, a publicly funded insurer of last resort, and CAT, a publicly funded reinsurer of last resort. Citizens, the public insurer, would directly insure at-risk properties the private industry wouldn't or couldn't. CAT, the public reinsurer, would coax hesitant private insurers back into the marketplace by promising to insure the policies they issue for at-risk properties, a kind of insurance for insurance. Citizens and CAT were wildly successful. Building along the Florida coast exploded. Property values there soared. Hawaii does not face the same insurance crisis. Our real estate market is not about to collapse. In many respects, it's thriving. But some valuable properties along Hawaii shorelines, particularly those along Oahu's North Shore, suffer obvious sea level rise loss. If Citizens and CAT was successful for Florida, should Hawaii consider similar publicly backed catastrophe funds rather than mitigating, adapting, or retreating from its shoreline losses? Before you decide, let me tell you about Ian. Hurricane Ian landed in Florida on September 28, 2022. As a Category 4 hurricane with sustained winds of 150 miles per hour, Ian generated storm surges reaching up to 18 feet and flooded homes with 3 to 4 feet of seawater. Like Andrew, Ian devastated Florida's coastal real estate. A recent report suggested that total damages from the storm would likely exceed $70 billion, a figure that, if borne out, would make Ian the second most expensive storm in U.S. history. At the time Ian landed, Florida's insurance and reinsurance industries were already on the ropes. CAT, the state's publicly funded reinsurer of last resort, had failed to coax private insurers back into the state. The largest national provider of homeowner policies in the state when Ian hit was State Farm, which accounted for a paltry 8% of all insurance policies. The state, 
through its citizens program, insured large swaths of highly vulnerable properties in counties that private insurers refused to touch, including 39% of properties in Miami-Dade County, home to the state's economic engine and most densely populated city, and 36% of properties in Monroe County, home to the popular but precariously positioned Florida Keys. Paying policy claims from Ian will be difficult. As it turns out, the state of Florida is not a particularly good insurance company. Its citizens program is in perennial debt, and it keeps digging itself a deeper hole. Deeper debt for the citizens and CAT programs in 2021 was $4.2 billion. So what can Hawaii learn from Florida? It's sea level rise canary. Papering over the sea level rise threat with government insurance policies does not work. Those policies create a moral hazard, attracting investment to at-risk properties, eventually increasing the number and value of at-risk properties, thus making it more difficult to adapt properties to sea level rise, more difficult to mitigate sea level rise losses, and more difficult to retreat inland those properties that suffer repetitive sea level rise losses. Hawaii has a number of properties in special flood hazard areas. Like properties in Florida that cannot obtain a mortgage without hurricane coverage, Properties in special flood hazard areas in Hawaii cannot obtain a federal-backed mortgage without a national flood insurance program policy or a qualifying and equivalent private flood policy. The national flood insurance program, however, appears to be on shaky actuarial flooding. Like Florida's citizens and CAT programs, the national flood insurance program is in massive debt. Premiums do not support benefits. At last report, the national flood insurance program was in debt over $20 billion. Congress will likely authorize a multi-billion dollar bailout of the program, but may also require communities that participate in the program, communities like the four counties in Hawaii, to adopt more aggressive and far-reaching floodplain management regulations. A county's failure to adopt these stronger floodplain management regulations would disqualify its special flood hazard area properties from obtaining federally backed mortgages, threatening property values in those areas in the same way the property values in Florida were threatened when hurricane insurance became unaffordable or unavailable. Hawaii could create its own publicly funded insurance program to fill the gap, like Florida created citizens and CAT to fill the gap in hurricane insurance offerings in that state. But we've learned from Florida's example that state-funded insurance programs had their very real potential to increase private property exposure and to shift the cost for insuring that exposure to a state that cannot foot the bill. So, to avoid Florida's fate, it's time for Hawaii to start looking at policy options to help owners in special flood hazard areas and sea level rise exposure areas adapt their properties, mitigate their losses, and, if necessary, retreat inland. That's our episode. We hope you've enjoyed. To receive notices of future episodes, including the latest Hawaii Real Data reports and focus pieces, please remember to like and subscribe. Thank you. Ahui ho! Hope. <laughs>